Scene 5. Cleanup Hitter. Vancy Estates, Chantelpeace City, on Tuscarora Mountain, Ember Woden's Day Vespers, Evening, 31st of May, 1284. Florence is sitting at her father's desk while umpire Kibler stands unblinking behind her. His eyes have a faint glow of red in them, but he does not move them to look at any of the people sitting in the room. In fact, he does not move at all. His chest does not heave to breathe, his feet do not shuffle, and his face does not twitch a muscle, even when flies land on his eyelids. In front of her desk, like two schoolboys sitting in silent detention before the principal, and Ganyan and umpire Gandor fidget while Florence reads through a scroll on her desk. When she finally rolls up the scroll, and Ganyan jumps in first and says in Eldrick, My beloved Mademoiselle Florence, Reverend Appleseed is clearly favored by his god. His god listens to him when he calls upon his name. Is it really wise to antagonize both the Inquisition and his god over a trivial letter? He insists he wrote it to dissuade the Inquisition from sending the crusade against us. Florence gives him a stern glare and says harshly, First of all, Captain Nganyan, during the state of martial law, the magnificent charter bids us address each other by our military ranks. Since the Ivy League and the Justiciar League were wise enough to promote us, we must address each other as captains. Second, Johnny Appleseed should not have survived that fall. The Tuscarora Elves were to be the last nation to learn the secrets of Black Flame. Not only did you let Mr. Appleseed live, but you let him report information on our military technologies to the Inquisition. He must die. Third, my father appointed your father, Major League's umpire, for one purpose and one purpose only, to orchestrate the ambush at Forge Hill Gap and rid the colony of the Madame Dungaree and her daughter. The Madame Dungaree's daughter was more popular than expected, and her network of business and military contacts could enable her to spark a rebellion after my father is declared supreme umpire for life. And Ganyan hems and haws, saying, Technically your father is dead now, so supreme umpire for life would be a rather short term. I was expecting us to change tack and slot you in as supreme umpire for life instead after you get elected through the normal... Florence cuts him off abruptly. It's too risky. The Monsieur Lynx was supposed to be the only non-viable candidate left on the ballot by election day. Instead, the Mademoiselle Zena is still alive and has too many supporters. She could easily sway her constituency into her mother's camp in case of a civil war. We'd be forced to execute half the colony for sedition. It's no fun being the supreme ruler over the Fire Elves if there are almost no Fire Elves left to rule over. And Ganyan bobs his head around as if trying to be modest. Well, there's always my constituency. You wouldn't have to execute them since we'd support... Yes, thank you. Thank you for bringing up the most painful topic of all. What in the Seagull War fires of Lower Earth possessed you to run for umpire-in-chief? You made yourself my rival instead of my ally. Do you know how I deal with my rivals? And Yenyan puts his fist to his mouth and clears his throat. Your flair for getting rid of them inspires awe. Florence gives him a patronizing nod. Good. Good. That's exactly the way it should be. So, how are we going to fix this? Well, you know, I could always speak to... She cuts him off. For starters, we're going to require your father and all the Shentlepeace City umpires to transmogrify into undead thralls. Up until now, umpire Gandorf has been lolling his head in boredom, aware that nothing he says will make any difference. Suddenly, at that last statement, he looks up with terror in his eyes. 
You can't. I am still in my prime. My mind is sharp as an assassin's blade. After all, I was the one who figured out the whole Stormcrow thing. Without it, your father would never have gotten the Black Flame siphon to work. It would be a horrible waste of my technological genius to turn me into an expressionless zombie like your father. No offense intended. None taken, Monsieur Umpire, replies Florence. But don't be too proud over that technological terror you introduced as the Stormcrow. The ability to squirt black flame is insignificant compared to the true power of the Sword of Laban. After you transmogrify into my undead thrall, you will be in charge of monitoring your own son's activities. If the Monsieur Engagnon fails me again, you shall execute him with your own hands. Your will shall be unable to resist my commands as Master of Laban. Engagnon looks at his father's face rising with anxiety and says, the solution is simple. I'll just announce that we've come across a legal technicality that makes my candidacy invalid. Now that you are back, I don't need to be on the ballot anyway. Umpire Gandorf adds, Besides, your black flame nearly killed off that magicka tree that the Mademoiselle Zeno was counting on to get admitted into Penmage University. It vanished to save itself, and Johnny Appleseed claims he can help her find it. So there it is. We just tell Johnny Appleseed to take the Mademoiselle Zeno off to search for her magicka tree. Bam! It's that simple. Everyone is happy, and our plan, I mean, your plan, gets back on course. No one has to die. Florence stares with an expression that tells them she is deeply unimpressed with their thinking skills. She says, There's going to be a new rule around here. You don't throw your useless opinions at me unless I ask for them. And when I do ask for them, it will just be for show, to make it look like I actually care what other people think, this being a democracy for the time being, and all that blibber-blabber. In the future, you'd better learn how to come up with opinions that sound a lot more like the ones coming from my mouth than the drivel coming from yours. Appleseed has to die, so no one else can get their hands on the Black Flame. The Mademoiselle Zena has to die, because your son made the mistake of proposing to her in a plenary session of the Council of Perfects. The Madame Dungary has to die, because she has the power and influence to rally the Fire Elves against us. Ingenion runs his fingers through his hair and leans back for a deep breath before saying, Captain Florence, this is not you speaking. It's the sword of Laban. It's corrupting your beautiful soul. She narrows her eyes at him. No, darling, it's the angst speaking. You liked me a lot better when I was naive and easy to manipulate. You and your father have been playing games behind my back this whole time, doing anything and everything you could think of to seize power for yourselves. Now you wonder why a girl like me doesn't trust you? I've just come to terms with the fact that I was born into a powerful family. That was reason enough for Empire Drayton and his goons to deprive me of my mother as a child, for my best friend to humiliate my father in public, and for my boyfriend to propose to her on the day my father was murdered. So, it comes down to this. You and your father learn how to take orders, or I'll kill you both and find friends that won't be so quick to stab me in the back. And Ganyan gulps. Umpire Gandorf puts a hand on his son's shoulder and stands up, saying, We understand our instructions and we will obey, Master. Let's get out of here, son. We've taken up enough of Captain Florence's time for one day.